This podcast is brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. Thanks for listening. Good morning, everyone. Um, welcome to our reading and praying psalms together. Um, it's always a joy to see God's people, and especially in the morning, uh, hearing what's been happening, the good and the challenging times that we had, even in the night. Uh, I'll be guiding us this morning in our journey through Psalms. And each morning, our goal really is to read a Psalm together, to understand what it says, and to pray or even sing the Psalms as a community. So this is your platform to journey through Psalms with each other. Now, before we begin today's Psalm, I want to begin with some questions. Um, And the questions are this. What do we know about the author and the circumstances that he was in when we read a psalm? How would an author and his choir sing this psalm that is being written? So here we have in Psalms, imagine Psalms 3, if it was written by King David, then the choir in the ancient days would not sing as if they were the king. But nevertheless, they would feel the emotions because they would sing under the banner of their king. If their king suffers, the choir feels the pain. If the king is victorious, the choir rejoices with him. This means that we modern day Christians, as we sing the Psalms, we need to remember that we are not King David, nor the ancient Israel. Instead, we should ask, How would King Jesus sing this psalm of David? Well, Jesus would sing as the anointed king of 2 Samuel 7, the promised descendant of David that we have learned in Psalm 1 and 2. And so when we sing these psalms, we too should sing under the banner of our king, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because when Jesus suffers, we who are his people can sing of our sufferings while living under his banner. And because Jesus is victorious, we who are his people can also sing of the same victory that awaits us. I'll guide us along as we read the psalm and consider its context. We'll look at some observations, their meanings, and our applications. A writer David Helms would give these four points the acronym COMA, Context, Observation, Meaning, Application. So with that, Let me begin by reading Psalm 3, and I would like to invite us to read it from your end. Uh, Everyone's being muted, but as I read it, can I encourage you to read the psalm together with me? Psalm 3, a psalm of David, where he fled from his son Absalom. Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. But you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my high. I call out to the Lord, and he answers me from his holy mountain. I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear, though tens of thousands assail me on every side. Arise, Lord, deliver me, my God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw. Break the teeth of the wicked. From the Lord comes deliverance. 
May your blessing be on your people. Now, I'd like to invite you to imagine with me for a moment. Imagine that you were on a holiday and you're admiring the grandeur of some ancient temple or palaces. But as you enter the palace, you simply trip over the threshold of the entrance and you fall straight on the floor, landing yourself with a bloody nose. Or perhaps of someone simply tripping over the gap of the MRT train door while rushing in with great hope to arrive at where they want to be at. Well, as we enter some tree, we have barely stepped past the grand pillars of some one and two. We are looking forward to meeting the blessed anointed king described in some one and two. But we only end up landing flat on our face, tasting dirt and feeling pain. Because as we come to some tree, we are finally introduced to its author, the anointed king of God, David himself. But this is how it begins. This is what David says. He says, Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. Now the context of Psalm 3 comes from 2 Samuel 15 to 19, where David was being chased out of Jerusalem because the son he loved, Absalom, has raised a coop and was going to usurp his throne. Now David was God's anointed king. He was given the promise of a descendant who would reign forever. But here he had to flee from those closest to him, those who were robbing him of his very own kingdom. We'll look at this psalm briefly in four sets of two verses each. And I shall sum it up with four R's. From verses 1 to 2, it is the rage against the king. Verses 3 to 4, the reliance of the king. Verses 5 to 6, the reassurance within the king. Verses 7 to 8, the rescue of the king. The rage, the reliance, the reassurance, the rescue. Now we begin with verses 1 to 2 and here the summary of the event. David, he was outnumbered by his son, Absalom. The hearts of Israel were with the king's enemies and they were in hot pursuit of David. And even as David was fleeing Jerusalem, a man by the name Shimei from his predecessor's family followed David. He was pelting stones and dirts and curses at David, mocking him that God had abandoned him and had given his crown to Absalom. This is one of the most moving accounts in the Old Testament that is worth retelling a thousand times. David's men, they tried to shield David. One suggested killing Shimei, this man, but David rebuked his men that they must not. Despite his situation in verses 3 to 4, David held on to God's promise as his shield against his enemies. He remembers God's promise in 2 Samuel 7. His followers wanted to bring the Ark of God's Covenant to escape with David, but David refused, saying this. He said to them, If I find favor in the Lord's eyes, He will bring me back and let me see it and His dwelling place again. Because for David, God will not run with him, but God will bring him back. 
the Lord who called his king to sit on the throne of Zion, will answer the cry of his anointed one on his holy mountain. And as we move to verse 5 to 6, we then hear the reassurance within David, which allows him to rest even when literally tens of thousands want to spill his blood. He said, I lie down and I sleep. I awake again when the Lord sustains me. That had been the way David lived his younger days. That is how he continues in his darkest night. And as we come finally to verses 7 to 8, David prayed for rescue, but not just for himself. He prays for God's rescue for him and his people. He said, Arise, Lord, deliver me. And again, from the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessing be on your people. Now, dear friends, when we read and sing Psalm 3, it is not a psalm we can sing directly while thinking about our bosses or our colleagues whom we have disagreement, perhaps even our spouse who inflict pressures on us to work harder. We first need to see this is a song of the suffering king of David. We are meant to experience the moving story of 2 Samuel 15 to 19, where a band of his followers would not abandon their king to follow Absalom. Those who were still loyal to David, they grieve as they gave up everything in Jerusalem, their own homes, and they followed their king out of Jerusalem, which should have been his throne. And they crossed the Mount of Olives with David and possibly even passed the Garden of Gethsemane. All this while being pursued by Absalom, who was not satisfied with the king's love. He wanted the king's blood. But those who are willing to follow their king, they were being upheld by the faith of their king's prayer. King David, he was confident of God's promise and God's love. Now, dear friends, surely as you and I, standing on this side of the cross, and as we read Psalm 3, the foreshadowing of what King Jesus eventually had to suffer should come to light. The world he created, the religious leaders of God's temple, his own people in Jerusalem, the people he loved, his disciple wanted his life. But unlike David, not one person stayed with Jesus. And yet in his greatest cry, Jesus trusted in God who said, you are my son, today I have become your father. So King Jesus trusted God, his father, and he knew that God would give him the eternal crown of glory, the throne of Zion, after he wears the crown of thorns. Dear friends, how do we sing Psalm 3? We are to sing in faith that just as God eventually rises up and delivers Jesus, our King. So verse 8 is surely for you and me. Verse 8 that tells us that we too will find God's deliverance and blessings. Dear friends, we may face many days where we are being pursued by enemies, by sins, temptations, trials, 
all crouching at our doorstep. Perhaps the devil himself may even come and overwhelm us and taunt us saying, give up your faith. God will not deliver you, sinner. In those moments, when the voice of the devil rings in our ears that God will not deliver you or me, we are to sing some tree even louder, saying, So they say to our king, But God did not abandon him, and neither will God abandon us. Dear friends, if we feel weary today, perhaps just by circumstances or by our own lives, perhaps by the horror we read in news, or being weighed down by our own sins and failures, or perhaps illnesses and troubles make us doubt God's love for us. Or perhaps there are days where you will feel darkness around you as if God has abandoned you. In those times, or perhaps today, will you sing some tree? Can we sing some tree to each other? Sing some tree to declare that God did not abandon his anointed king. And so we, if we refuse to let go of Jesus our king, God will not abandon us. Now, dear friends, the days when it is darkest and hardest are the very days that we need to praise God, are the very days we need to sing psalms, to remember God does not abandon His King nor the King's people. Now, if you have not believed in Jesus, for those who listen later on, or have stopped looking to Jesus because you are too busy licking your wounds, will you sing Psalm 3 today with God's people? Will you sing that God is the shield around his king and ask the king's choir? Will we sing some tree knowing that God watches over us even when we lie down and our eyes are too tired to stay open? That he will watch over us. His angels are watching over the kingdom people of his king. So as we close this morning, I'd like to invite us to pray to God ourselves. This is what I'll do. I'll begin the prayer briefly and then I'll pause in silence for you to pray by yourselves to God. And after some moments, I'll play a song by Jesse and Leah Roberts on some tree for you to meditate on or to sing along. So would you pray with me and carry on your prayer to God? Let's pray. Lord, how many are my foes, says the king. God will not deliver him, says the evil one. But our king trusted in you, our heavenly father. He is assured of your faithfulness, that after the crown of thorns will come the eternal crown of glory. Heavenly father, we come to you under the banner of our king. And because of him, we bring before you this morning all that have troubled us spiritually, trusting that you who sustain our King through the valley will also give us deliverance. Now invite us for a short moment to pray.
So ends this morning's time on Psalms. I pray that the Lord will continue to guide and strengthen you for the day ahead. Thanks for listening to this podcast brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. For more information, visit us online at bcpc.sg.